1: Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to We Say Things episode 163. Suns Fan here with Cinderin. Uh, we are a day late because of Cinderin. Do you have anything to say for yourself?
0: Um, I would like to apologize for the delay. Um, we're one day late because. Uh, I set the wrong alarm yesterday, so I woke up too late. Uh, and before you guys say, but since you record the same time every week, how that's impossible. It's impossible, we did, we did do two or three episodes in a row that were actually not at the regular time. There was one when I was in Malaysia and the one before that we recorded on another day and the one we came home, we recorded on a Friday because of the battle pass. So what I've done, because I know I'm absent-minded and I forget stuff, is that I've set an alarm that rings every Thursday at 10, but I switched that one off because we weren't recording at 10 and I didn't want to wake up for no reason. And then I just forgot to switch it back on again when we're back on normal schedule. So remember, nothing is impossible, kids. Follow your dreams. You can, you can do anything if you put your mind to it, okay? Well just done, Cinderin.
1: So as a yeah, result, you are up an hour and a half earlier to accommodate me yes which is the least you could have done thank you
0: which is why i look like absolute death you're very welcome
1: yes just like i looked during our entire cast today which we'll get to that's not true all right thank you to our amazing patrons uh you can do the first half this time so i can avoid that one god awful name for once
0: okay uh, Freezy TM, Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. A Scorpy, Obi-Wan cannot blow me anymore as my heart belongs to Cinderin. Bought a Manscaped product, so I am doubly supporting this podcast. Ads work. What is the meaning of life? Oscar Seeker, make Drow great again. Roundy 3, the P stands for please. Valve, please. Give marketing. You'll have done a good job when my grandma learns of Dota from the news. Disco Farm D, I'm once again saying you asking you to say my name Simple Stooge, Silly Stooge, Salacious Stooge, Sadistic Stooge, Scathing Stooge, Sen. Milan, Miami, the Mega Pope. It's over Anakin. I have the high ground, and we say thanks that do not mean anything, so thanks for listening, TI in New Zealand.
1: Thank you also to the better half of the names. Zan Xavier, <laughs> Nate Thicko 01 Hampscoats, Bacon, Shark TM. Freshly seasoned goat balls. That's a classic, really. Uh, Janie, Dop, nothing to see here. Underscore man. You can listen to my song Eve Remort by Florico on Spotify. Can we get seven the podcast? Not an ad. <laughs> ben Broomhead, can't believe they didn't do faceless wrecks for the Arcana. Wooden Aftertaste, Anonymous and Peter. Sharks are older than the rings of Saturn. Kneebling. I actually knew this one, and it's crazy, right? The time of the dinosaurs, which sharks existed back then, Saturn did not have rings. Isn't that insane? So weird. We're small. You
0: could also interpret it as every individual shark is older than the rings of Saturn, so they're like five years. What do you think? Okay, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Maybe the rings just change all the time.
1: Oh, we'll we'll talk about rings. rings Just die. We'll talk about rings in just a moment. But first, uh, SAP again. Just a reminder for everybody to type in. Hashtag SAP esports in the comments with your question. The scope will be for games from TI2 and beyond. So anything that you guys can think of, ask your questions. And when we start the segment back up again, we'll get uh, some nice shout outs for you if you happen to ask a good one. Uh, Okay. So it's been a while since we've had a podcast where we didn't have to, you know, do a battle pass or a big patch or whatever. We can talk about stuff that's not related to anything. Two shows I am now watching, Sindarin. They can go in Mm -hmm. order, and you can tell me if you've seen any of them. I won't have any spoilers, don't worry. Okay. Uh, And by the way, Dragon's Blood is not one of them, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, Game of Thrones' House of the Dragon is now out on HBO. I think it's, I want to say, three episodes in as of this recording. So have you seen any episodes? Uh, No. Okay. So this will be brief. I would recommend it. This show is ext- okay. so Game of Thrones. If you guys don't remember, was amazing until the last season, pretty much. And then it was complete dog shit because the showrunners kind of got sick of doing the show for some reason, even though it's like an iconic, like era defining show. They got sick of kind it. Out of a
0: privilege to do, honestly. Exactly.
1: And <laughs> they know. got sick of it and wanted to work on a Star Wars series instead. So they kind of wrapped up the, the entire Game of Thrones storyline in the most shitty way possible. And a lot of people were very disappointed with how it got to that point. Uh, like every episode was just super rushed, everything was just super bad. And you know, HBO offered a couple more seasons in order to wrap everything up properly, but they declined because they had a Star Wars gig. So they fucked up Game of Thrones, and then their Star Wars gig got cancelled. Karma bitch. Uh, but now Good new new job. people are doing House of the Dragon, which is a prequel, I guess you could call it for Game of Thrones. I can't remember how many years it's before. Is it like 500 or a thousand? I don't actually know. It's many years before. I think before. it's
0: like 74. Seven? that's no, not definitely not
1: true. Either uh, way, 704. I, there's a lot of things about the show like it. It reminds me of how Game of Thrones used to be, right? Which is very good. Like extremely very good. long. They're very long and very good. And I guess I have nothing to say because I don't want to spoil anything. But it. Okay, Chad is sure. saying 172 years before uh, the show that we've. Oh, that was pretty close in. with my random guess. Yeah, well done. Only 100 Thank off. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, this show is extremely good, very high quality, uh, very high production value. And like so far, just three episodes in, I'd give it a nine out of 10. I thought it was extremely All good. All right. Second show is a little bit more controversial Rings mm-hmm. of Power on Amazon. This is the Lord of the Rings thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have
0: you seen any episodes? No, we talked about it. We're going to watch it when the whole season is out, I think.
1: Okay, so again, we'll not give any spoilers.
0: And same for House of the Dragon. Ice. When did House of the Dragon come out?
1: I think a week before Lord of the Rings. I Oh, them. so maybe, before
0: that one. Maybe two weeks but they've, before. But they're still like, they're also releasing gradually, right? They're not doing a whole season at a time.
1: Yeah, so I think, again, I could be a little off on this, but Game of Thrones came out with have three episodes so far, and they just came out with one each. I think oh, so Lord of the one Rings per week. I'm pretty sure Lord of the Rings only has two episodes out but they came out at the same time and now it's going to be one okay. per week I believe
0: do we, we know way. how many episodes either of the shows is going to have for a season or is that not announced
1: if, I don't want to look because it might have I guess it wouldn't be spoilers for me but I would assume 10 each but okay uh, not sure I don't
0: know well we need to talk about House of the Dragon actually we only talked about the Lord of the Rings one Maybe we'll watch According House of the There's going to be done.
1: ten for Game of Thrones and eight for Rings of Power. Okay, so Rings okay. of Power, Cinderin, you've seen, I'm yeah. sure, some of the reaction. Yes.
0: So this I've heard of it.
1: Okay, so this takes place obviously before Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and the official J is it JRR token? Am I fucking that up? It's JRR token.
0: Tolkien. Yeah. So his token is- JRR token is an NFT.
1: Okay. Well. The token, what do they call it? The token house? I don't know what they actually call it. It's basically, is a state, they call it. They didn't approve of some things, or I can't remember the exact scenario, but this is not like an approved version of Lord of the Rings. So it's going to be a little bit different than some people are used to, people that especially have read the books, which I could not get through. The Hobbit, I thought, was fine, but Lord of the Rings were just too verbose for me. You never finished the books? Of Lord of the Rings? No. Just Hobbit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, we talked about Lord of the Rings being my favorite trilogy of all time. It's God tier. And so basically what it comes down to is people are not happy with certain directions of the show, which Mm -hmm. there's one character, which I will not name, that is in the show or in the movies as well. And they are much different than people would have expected. So that one, I can understand some people not being too happy with that. But of course, for me, I think it's fine because that character could still become the other character, because it's so many years before this happens, right? Mm-hmm. So that one doesn't bother me too much. And the second one, which is kind of the big one that I cannot get behind, it's so fucking stupid, there's a black elf, mm-hmm. and people are really upset about that. I'm like, what the f-? How is this- be? So, what it come down to is all these people have now bombarded the show with negative reviews Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it comes down to race or like the original token books don't have black people in it or whatever their argument is. And I just find it to be the most fucking ridiculous thing. It's a fantasy thing. Like who gives a shit? And the funny thing is like if they weren't doing a good job, like obviously you're not going to blame it on their race or anything like that. But like I could be, I can understand them not locking an actor or actress because they're not doing a good job. They did a really good job. I thought it was actually quite epic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Overall for me, I thought this was actually, and this is where it's going to you know, contradict some of the opinions of other people. I think this is slightly better than Game of Thrones, the House of Dragon, for me so far. I give this a oh, 9.5. Wow. This Damn. has been extremely fucking good. The production value is S plus tier. The CGI is fucking god tier. I'm not going to spoil this part, but there's places okay. that you go to in Lord of the Rings that you when you're watching the movie, you're like, I wonder what this looked like, like many years before. And they actually show it and it looks so fucking cool. And I was actually like, it is not often that I am blown away by graphics when I watch, I'm very cynical. I was blown mm-hmm. away. I thought it was extremely well done. Um, and I, I don't buy the whole, you know, things are a little slow. I love slow shows, man. The slow burn mm-hmm. is the best part because it's character development. That's my favorite part of any show or even like single player games for example that's my favorite part of that experience i find
0: it interesting that you enjoy that so much but you couldn't get through the lord of the rings books because that's what they are right they're slow character building and slow storytelling
1: yeah but i can't read fast no but you don't have to read fast you can read slow yeah but it's really boring so game of oh. thrones i had the same <laughs> issue so game of the Thron- game of the Thron- game of thrones books they're too verbose. There's too many characters, and a lot of them just aren't even like it's just like a shit ton of characters. And you're not gonna remember half of them, you know. I don't know what the difference right. is. Like Lord of the Rings, it's part of it is the language as well. It's kind of olden times or whatever. So Wait, so you did language. read all of Game of Thrones? No, no, no. I couldn't get through
0: that either. Oh, oh okay. Much. Was I was like, much. then it really doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. Either way. Fair enough. I like get people don't like the show. That's one thing. If the reasons are absolutely ridiculous, then that's another. But I really, so far like rings of the power rings of power so would recommend both shows both excellent all right okay uh so in case you missed it we are cinder and i are casting the ti qualifiers for the na region oh uh, yeah and we cast today uh yep. it was i guess i should say one thing last time i talked about getting up at 9 a.m people got really angry at me Cinderin. and and at first, I was like, what? Why? And I thought about it a little more, and I can understand why it came off a certain way. It, it came off in a way that I don't appreciate my job, that I can get up at fucking noon and work like anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. Because I remember back in the day when I had to get up early for school, for work, and That is literally what motivates me because this is the literal best part. I mean, maybe you wake up at a normal time, like a normal human being. This is the literal best part of my job is being able to wake up when I want. And I think when it comes to like tournaments that are NA, having it at 9am is not normal as well. That's very abnormal. Like noon PST is like the standard set. Uh, And on top of that, obviously we're doing the podcast and, I have to be there an hour early, so I got four hours of sleep. It's miserable casting when you have fucking four hours of sleep. Absolutely miserable. And on top of that,
0: yes? Now, I was just going to say, the thing is if, like, I think people might have missed out on the context a little bit with what you said, because you were also talking about it from the perspective of pro players, right? I mean, we're not talking about it, oh no, getting up early in the morning is the worst thing ever. It's, It's kind of... Our day rhythms and the day rhythms of most pro players is go to bed at 2am or something like that and get up at 11 or 10 or whatever. Like, obviously there's a range for when people go to bed and when they get up. But like, I will say for myself personally, I usually go to bed at like three and I wake up at like 11 and then I sleep eight hours. Right. Mm. So... In my experience, playing Pro Dota and what most pros do, they're night owls. So for them to have the matches at 9 is very unusual and something they need to adapt to. And for us as casters, because we're kind of on the same schedule, it's the same thing. So when people are like, oh, it's, man, you you wake up at 9 and you complain, you're so spoiled. It's kind of like if you have a job where you work from 8 to 4, and then you get told suddenly, tomorrow you're meeting in at 4 a.m., you're probably also going to be like, okay, that's really fucking early, you know. It's just relative to our regular work hours. That's it. I mean, we're obviously yeah. happy, like you said, to be in the position we are. So it's not like we're whining that oh, 9 a.m. is I so mean, early, but you know, look I, at the perspective, right? I exaggerate
1: it's, a bit with the quote-unquote outrage. I just wanted to clarify a couple things, and I thought it would be an interesting topic because I did learn something about myself. Uh, like because mm-hmm. back in the day when I had to get up for work or had to go to school, I would be so like. Every single day, I would be miserable. Even if I tried to go to bed early, I would be miserable because I'd be in bed and I couldn't sleep for hours. So I'd still get very little sleep. Yeah. And I learned something by talking to Buka a few months ago. And it sounds like I, like, obviously there's a lot of sleeping disorders and whatnot. Uh, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this. I always, it always made me, or what's the right way to play, uh, say this? it was always portrayed to me that I am lazy because I do not function in the morning. And apparently this is just part of some people, uh, like me and Buka. He says that there's a condition. I can't remember what it's called, but your, your clock, even if you get sun, your clock is actually longer than a 24 hour day. So you fuck up your schedule constantly. This is like my life in a fucking nutshell. Go to bed an hour later one day, an hour later the next. Like, it just keeps happening, and you just can't really help it. And, right. like, this is including day, like, back in the day when I was actually athletic and got sun, it had made no difference. Miserable in the morning, and I just functioned better in the afternoon into evening, for whatever reason.
0: There's, there's also research that's been done. I remember reading about this, because I was interested in it, about, have you heard the concept of a chronotype?
1: Sounds familiar.
0: So, basically, the thing about, you know, night owls and morning people is not just, like, something that... It's a real thing, right? People are more productive in the morning and some in the evening. Yeah, some people are more productive and more likely to, you know... Let's say in a vacuum, if there was no requirements from society to work up or do stuff at a specific time, certain people would just gravitate toward getting up in the morning. And some people would gravitate toward getting up later and being awake later in the night. Uh, It's something, obviously, that you can work around, like, everybody can adapt. And, you know, if you have to wake up at six, it's not like certain people just can't ever work a morning job, but they will obviously probably be, on average, less productive than certain other people will. And vice versa, at night, there are some people, I I don't know for you, for example, when I was studying uh, and I was writing projects, I felt like I was doing the best job after afternoon, basically, was when I really got stuff done in general. And when I met in for class at like eight or nine, I felt like that was when I got the least out of it, because I'm a night person. Um, And there is just research that's been done about that, which is really interesting with the You said the athletic angle, because for sports teams, that's obviously something that you're combating, especially when you're fighting jet lag. Um, So they've done like research on how to minimize the impact of this when, let's say, a team from the American West Coast flies to the East Coast to play a game of football or baseball or whatever, to try to get their athletes to perform the best they can under the circumstances, given that their clock moves. Uh, I found that really interesting, that that is a thing. So the whole night owl versus morning person is not just something that people... You know, make up based on whatever lifestyle they're having at the time. It is actually something biological. um, That I would say a lot of
1: gamers are like that as well. But these are all like separate as well. From like, I'm sure there's so many different conditions that people have. Like this, but the thing you're talking about, the thing
0: you're talking about, I don't know how rare that is, and if uh, because I think most people are probably still on 24 hour clocks, right? Then then they're just like on a night clock instead of a morning one. I don't know if, you, if what you have is actually what you have. I don't know how you determine that that is the case. Um, I don't know how rare that is, but that does sound kind I of mean, annoying, like actually. Even,
1: even if you get it diagnosed, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, it's just it's nice, just nice to know nice. sometimes, right? Like that you have a certain trait or whatever.
1: Yeah, true. So, yeah, I think it, it just made me realize that growing up, and I didn't really realize it until like literally this last week that people made me feel like shit because I couldn't function properly in the morning. Like, just go to bed earlier. It's Like, it doesn't fucking work for me. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I feel like I would, I vomited so many times having to go to school. Just the thought of waking up stresses me out almost, uh, getting up that early. Yeah. It is, which is why, again, I say, the thing I value most about my job is being able to wake up generally whenever I want. It's fucking god tier. I wouldn't trade that. That is the number one thing for sure. Uh,
0: what do you think if school started at 10 instead of 8? I mean, it would certainly I'm assuming it's. I'm assuming it starts at 8 in, in the US as well, right? Roughly. That's when, yeah. Yeah. yeah roughly. So I think there was talks, or at least some like theory, crafting, whatever you want to call it, about that, that starting school two hours later, might on average be better for the students because the night owls will have a better chance of being productive in the earliest classes that they have. And the morning people, the classes don't go too late for them to lose too much focus. Um, So I just think that would be an interesting direction to go. But obviously, society largely revolves around, you know, things start at a certain time. You can't just move all of life by two hours. Mm -hmm. But technically, I don't see the... Like, so the problem is, I think the biggest arguments against moving school by two hours is, well, what about the families where the parents have to go to work? What then? Like, you're going you're gonna to have to restructure certain things that revolve around that school then. It's not just the school in isolation, right? Well, it should Life be that happens for work as well,
1: that, probably, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, that's I the personally thing think it would probably think- be better in general for humanity for, for work hours to start slightly later than they do currently on average, but... Right restructuring that is just like but how do I you feel do like that, that's right? also
1: a misconception is that you grow out of it a lot of people don't grow. i didn't fucking grow out of it like no people are like that yeah no i agree uh but I, I don't see that changing anytime soon although the daylight savings thing is a nice change for the u.s at least yeah that's
0: definitely helpful
1: okay let's get started with ti regional qualifiers uh we can talk about the two regions that have completely finished so there's Eastern Europe. I did not take a screenshot of the bracket so we'll just describe it for you the winner was bet boom who actually 3 0 would outsiders wow yep did you watch this series uh, i watched
0: i watched mainly game 2 I watched and game the end 1 of game only. 3 i think and it was so yeah. basically outsiders hadn't lost a single game until the finals they just went 2-0 2-0 2-0 and then in the finals they got crushed um which you know i feel like lately a lot of tournaments the lower bracket team that gets the experience and gets to play more games on the new patch learn something and come back strong and win the finals right it was the same at esl malaysia where og played lower bracket and then they 3 0 the finals here we have it again and guess what i mean let's let's finish this off first i guess before we go to south america but I guess you guys can tell where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, BetBoom did a, a really good job. I think they had very strong drafts. I think they were one of the teams to identify just how strong DP is before most others did. Um, they owned with DP and Enigma in this final series. Just, Especially the DP was just amazing value as a five. Uh, and I feel like people are catching on now to just how good it is in the current patch. Um, And yeah, I I, got to say, you know, most people going into this qualifiers, like with their predictions, probably picked outsiders, right? They almost got to TI on points. Uh, They were looking like the strongest team and they were for a reason going to the grand finals in the upper. Uh, But BetBoom just caught, you know, caught steam. Yeah, BetBoom, we should
1: mention, they did lose a bunch of games during this bracket. Uh, They made it to the upper bracket semis without a loss, but then lost to Na'Vi 2-1. They went lower bracket. They beat... Nem- what is this name? It's almost a bad word. <laughs> Namiga? Gaming. Uh, they- Namiga. How do you say this, actually? What does it even mean? They 2-1. They <laughs> and then they ended up is having a rematch it? against Na'Vi in the lower bracket finals where they ended up 2-0-ing them. And then, like you said, 3 0 outsiders in the finals. So, BetBoom qualify for TI. Outsiders... And Na'Vi will be in the last chance qualifier. And yep. I think that, like, we t- were kind of discussing this today during our cast during NA. Like, I, I hate to say, and I'd love to be wrong, but it feels like for NA and even South America, these teams that go to last chance qualifier don't have a chance, really. Because there's going to be some crazy competition. And I think these two teams would be, like, with China as well as Western Europe, those are going to be the main teams that are going to be successful yeah. in the last chance qualifier.
0: For sure. Uh,
1: next region, yes. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, it's good. that's uh, good. One. South America, we have a bit of a surprise. Hokori ends up 3-0-ing Infamous in the Grand Finals, but it's under semi-weird circumstances, which I'm sure you'll illuminate us with.
0: Yeah, so again, guess what happened? Infamous won every game in the upper bracket, and then they lost the Finals 3-0. Um... So basically an exact copy of what happened in Eastern Europe, with Hokori going from lower. Hokori uh, versus Infamous was a closer finals than the Eastern Europe one was, though, but still a 3-0. But the way Hokori got to the finals was really, really unfortunate, basically. So we're at the lower bracket finals. It's the finals day. The teams have prepared and they're excited to play. And Tempest are uh tempest have beaten hokori in the upper bracket they've beaten them 2-0 before they played earlier and now they have this rematch where they're probably feeling pretty confident right we beat these guys last time we can do it again and we're 15 minutes or so into game one and all of tempest lose power i think it was either power or their connection i think it was their connection actually it doesn't really matter though and they can't reconnect um And there's rules in place for how long of a pause you get to have for a game. So during that pause time, they try to make the internet work, and then they give up on that, and then they go to try to relocate to another place to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that takes so long that they forfeit game number one on pause time, and they're too late to arrive and set things up to play game two in the regular time as well. So Tempest effectively lose the lower bracket finals on Tech uh, the lower bracket finals to go to TI, they lose on a tech issue, which is, you know, just devastating, well, really. Well, it, it really sucks. They get to, to win last chance.
1: They'd have to win that and win the grand finals. To go to TI.
0: Absolutely, but the thing is, like, even, let's say even they had 5% chance to win the qualifier. Let's say they were huge underdogs. Bad. It still feels terrible, because you're like, you wanted to at least have the chance, even if you didn't think you were likely going to win. At the same time, these are pro players that, you know, think they're going to win. They have the, the mentality of, you know, thinking they can win the whole thing, and especially since they already played this team and beat them in the uppers. Who knows? Like maybe they could have beaten Hokori, and as it turns out, Hokori three out the finals. Maybe Tempest could have learned something similar and got strong similarly uh, to what they did from this series, and then improve against Infamous. But
1: yeah, we had yeah. something. I will say,
0: in game one, Hokori were pretty dominant, though. I think the way it was looking, Hokori were going to win game one, but you never know, right? So, yeah,
1: but again, Tempest did beat Hokori. In the upper bracket yeah. semis, that took them to the lower bracket. So anything could have happened. But yeah. Uh, infamous or sorry, Hakori goes to TI. Infamous and Tempest will be in the last chance qualifier. And in terms of like the disconnection that literally happened today with us, we were casting NA. Yeah, game two of that. <laughs> uh, I forget who's even playing. Honestly, it was Five Rat versus Five Rat uh, against Alpha, Alpha. and yeah. Alpha had lost game one, and they were crushing game two as get gu- almost guaranteed to go to game three, and two of their cores disconnect and never come back. Yeah, they Uh, had a power outage. So they play it out 3v5 and get crushed. Uh, Yeah. But the silver lining is its upper bracket, so they still have another life. Uh, But that still feels incredibly bad, knowing that you would have taken that to game three at least. But the fact that this happened twice already is kind of insane. This is a very rare thing, I feel like.
0: The other thing is, by comparison and like magnitude, this was the first round, right? The other one is the lower bracket final, and it's the finals day. Like, the... The mode and the mentality you're in for a finals day versus round one is totally different. Yeah. And like you've gone through so much to get there to have your chance, and then you just lose it. That really blows. I mean, I'm not going to downplay this for Alpha. It obviously sucks, and they definitely could have won this game and maybe won the series. Um, but I, for me, just looking at it from a pragmatic perspective, realistically speaking, that is a ticket to then go up against Sonics and get shit on. Right. <laughs> I mean, Well we'll see. Maybe there's gonna be a surprise here, but I do think based on every inch of ounce of data we have in NA so far, the next matchup for either of these teams that won would have won yesterday is going to be one where they're outmatched ninety-five to five, probably, right? Um but we'll see. You know, surprises do happen and once again you wanna have that five percent chance, but it's early in the tournament versus late and that does make a difference. So I hope Alpha, you know, recuperate and they get to play again today. Uh, it's also today for you, technically. It's at 1.30 now for you.
1: Or whatever. or That's, right. that's um, right.
0: So, we'll see. Uh,
1: one thing that happened maybe a week ago, I guess the actual occurrence was two weeks ago or something like that, but Team SMG, uh, I'm just going to read their statement. It, yep. I, this, whew, that's another feels bad. We regret to announce that our Dota 2 division has been disqualified from the TI uh, 2022 qualifiers, we would like to apologize to our players who put their trust in us as an organization and to Isai Seiss and Paulison who had hoped to play in front of their home crowd in Singapore. Several reasons contributed to the fort- unfortunate situation, including communication breakdown between the team manager and players, as well as the late confirmation of final- finalized DPC roster. Upon discovery of the disqualification, we made an appeal to Valve. However, the appeal was denied. We I'm not going to read the whole thing from here, but they accept full responsibility, So basically what happened is they forgot to register for the qualifiers. Yeah. And that's the Um, org. They're taking responsibility for that. So players like Ice specifically, I mean, how good of a chance would you say they had to go to TI through the the quals? Not that that uh, matters, but just curious.
0: Getting first, I think, unlikely. Getting last chance qualifier, pretty high. So they would have at least played that one. Mm, with a decent likelihood, I would say. But yeah, winning the whole thing, I don't think... Their track record of getting to finals in SEA is not good, right? And Mm. you need to do that, obviously, if you want to win. Um, Yeah, just a shitty situation. I mean, I I especially empathize with the players, right? Because there's a really big chance that they had absolutely no influence on this whatsoever. And, you know, uh, the way the, the roster system works when you're registering a team for TI is that or for the DPC circuit in general, is that there's, an, there's a Steam account that owns the team and that can add and remove players to the roster. And if that account, based on um, organization structure, is not a player, but it's uh, some manager or a uh, higher-up at the company, then if they are not doing their job properly, essentially the players just get screwed over. Mm. Um, so whoever made the primary error here just like cost the players an opportunity um, that doesn't mean the players are without fault entirely, right? Like, maybe they were slow to provide information that was necessary or uh, to finalize their roster internally to, like, confirm, yes, these are the players we want to play with or whatever. But no matter how you look at it, it's just really poorly managed, right? Um,
1: and, and that, that feels just like a, should
0: absolutely never happen. feels like
1: a black eye for the yeah. organization, right? Going forward, the reputation. Yeah, that's know, that pretty damn a pretty bad. big hit. Yeah. Okay, moving on to better news. Uh, something, again, we didn't really get to discuss is the 7.32B update. I'll put it on the screen here. Uh, obviously, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but we can go over the highlights. Uh, a lot of yeah. fixes. Uh, anything stand out to you? In the fixed section? No, just in general. Like We can go in order. Just tell me where to stop.
0: Yeah, so in the fixed section, I think the biggest thing was that you could disjoint Doom. That was really weird. Uh, oh, yeah, with the Yule, right? Yeah. Yeah, with every disjoint. I think it could disjoint mm. Doom with Phase Shift. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's gone, which was obviously a huge bug. And Centaur, ruined the Hitcheride hero that time,
1: is now affected by Chrono. No yeah, longer. also uh, a very stupid
0: bug. Our so title for the,
1: that podcast is now out of date, unfortunately. A uh,
0: single biggest nerf in this patch was Sol Ring. It got 155 gold more expensive and got no buffs to compensate. So that's a really, really big nerf to a cheap item. Um, arguably overpowered, so I think it's fair that it gets nerfed. Maybe this was too much. Maybe it was just the right amount. Then we nerfed three neutral items. So, you know, love to see that. Occult Bracelet, Specialist Array, and Ogre Seal Totem all lost some stats. Um, nerfs to Batrider, who definitely needed it. Um, more The buffs to Bounty Hunter, I think, are pretty substantial. I don't know if you've played this hero in a pub yet. I don't know if you like it at all.
1: I but. do like him, but I haven't gotten a chance to. I wanted to try the... A, he, he got a
0: lot better. I tried him in a game after this, and I was like, wow. So you get one armor, which people love to meme about, but it really does matter. I mean, you are insanely stats, tanky in his lane. His
1: stats are insane in general. He's they one of the They are really stats good. In the game.
0: I think you have like eight armor now or something. It's like borderline Terrorblade. And Janata cooldown went down from 12 seconds level one to nine. So you just trade way better as a core or a support. Uh, you get more gold. Yeah, this hero is a lot better than it was before. So... Big buff to him. Centaur uh, lost
1: a health regen. So no longer four, sadly.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think that was necessary, but it is what it is. Then Clockwork got four buffs out of wait, nowhere. Which... Wait,
1: base health regen increased by one. Oh, he got one. Wait. Did he? Wait, wait a second. When I read this first, it said decreased 100%. Oh, because
0: so... It, it was four. I'm pretty sure he said that when I read it too. So that No, for sure,
1: changed. because I was... A, this is, <laughs> He gets five regen now? Uh, this, I
0: don't he, know they what they to trust him. now, Shannon. You have to pick the hero and see. I, I've been cause... picking him.
1: He's amazing. I've been winning every game. All right. What's well, let's the... so basically
0: start with the ring of health. I am not. More or less.
1: Am I imagining that it said decrease? Like, there's no way. Like, I think it I would have read this well. several times.
0: Yeah. Okay. I guess they just fixed it and it was all right. <laughs> like, oops. Um, okay. Clockwork got four buffs. So you got more base HP region, lower monocost and battery assault, lower monocost and early levels of hookshot, and way lower monocost on, sh- on the scepter if you buy that. Uh, really nice quality of life. I think for me, the biggest buff here is actually the minus 10 cost and battery assault. Um, it feels really nice in the game. You just have more resources to trade with early. Um, and you, this is your primary farming spell, whether you play support or carry. Mm. You can kill waves, so minus ten percent monocost on that feels real good.
1: So yeah, I hope we get nice, to see Love I, this hero. I, I like watching Clockwork, but I and I say this for a lot of heroes obviously. Uh, I wanna see more core clock or by more I mean anything other than zero. Because the mm-hmm. Scepter is such it's so cool and I feel like it's gonna be really exciting to watch in like pro games. But it just feels I like it's it. stuck as a four forever. There's a
0: place for him as a three, I think, in particular in this patch. Actually, if teams find a way to work it out, I do believe in it. Okay, good. Um, then we have Death Prophet, who we talked about earlier, definitely deserves a mention here. She got reworked, right? So her ult started giving move speed instead of her having really high base move speed. She lost forty move speed last patch, and then Exorcism got a percentage-based move speed increase based on level, Um, and Spirit Siphon stopped being percentage-based damage, but then had a flat amount, and then. Death Prophet wasn't doing too hot apparently. So she got four buffs, and now she's insane. <laughs> so might have yeah, to dial back on those a went little bit. like
1: 14 and 0 or something today in, in ADPs. Yeah,
0: I mean, I've just, some of the DP games I've seen, this hero is just filthy, honestly. Like, on level 7, when you have four points in Spirit Siphon, it drains 100 damage per second, or health, right? Mm-hmm. So incredible spell, um, Crypt Swarm lost mana cost, Exorcism lost mana cost silence projectile got faster this hero is an absolute monster in the mid game like I to mean, me the single best hero in the game i can't speak for point, her other so.
1: skills but i feel like spirit siphon when it was percentage based was actually in a pretty good spot am i wrong like, i don't know why they changed that at all yeah I, I'm, not sure. I'm not there's sure not much like hp percentage based damage in general in the game there's only like in the cast yeah, they, we mentioned it was like two too, or three
0: if you think it was too good lower the percentage right but keep it percentage yeah i, I would I kind of agree with that i think this flat amount like This flat amount is less interesting and makes the hero a lot more polarizing or pigeonholed into his timing in the game, right? Mm. And maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe they were like, DP scales too well. This hero is not meant to be a late-game powerhouse with all that she offers early game. And it's like, okay, I mean, that's fair enough, but then maybe you could nerf it in a different way. Like, give it worse higher-level talent. Don't give it 400 health level 20, you know? Like, there's other ways of making DP's late-game worse than taking away one of the really unique aspects of the hero in the percentage-based damage. So, I kind of agree. Um, She went from... She's less of a late-game hero now, but she is so damn good in the mid-game that a lot of the times it won't matter. Um, But, yeah.
1: Okay, moving on.
0: Uh, Yeah, is there much else? I think those are the primary ones that come to mind. Uh, PA got some nerfs. She was really, really strong. She lost some stats, mainly. Um... Yeah, I think that's about it, honestly. For yeah, the main I'm
1: things. I'm trying to see if there's... Yeah, these are all just... I guess we minor. could mention
0: the Razor nerf on Storm Surge. This was an insane value point. It gave 12% move speed on level 1, now it gives 6. It caps out at 24 on level 4 regardless, but definitely a pretty big nerf to Razor that you don't get that Storm Surge value mm. on the first level. Yeah, I think that's it.
1: Okay. So that is 6 Oh, wait,
0: one more. Sorry about that. I forgot this one, actually. Puck got very nerfed. Illusory Orb costs a lot more mana early, Mm. and it lost travel speed, which ironically is actually a buff in a very specific situation, because the travel, the total travel time of the orb is the same. So, now that the travel speed is lower, you can throw out an orb, TP to base, and jaunt. So you can refill your own bottle um, in mid.
1: apparently is intended, or else they would have fixed it, right?
0: Yeah, it's like super gimmicky, but...
1: Uh, how, okay, tell me... Okay, I understand what you're trying to say. How is this gimmicky, though? I feel like in mid, this will always be used every game on the mid. mid right, puck. but
0: it's it's like how to say... It's, it's a gimmick because it's like a side effect of... Is gimmicky the wrong word here? Like... Because when you maybe it's when you say gimmicky, you mean that it's like a really situational thing, right? And it's not. So you're right. Maybe that was the wrong word to use. It's just very, it's very special and unique to Puck that you have that ability to do that. And considering what you lost, I think the heroes overall still definitely nerfed, even though you can refill your own bottle. Okay. You still want to go for the runes, but it's like a backup plan. In a way, it's no different from like Kunkka with X Mark or Ember with a fire remnant, right? Like there's other heroes that can do this. It's just the way. Puck has not been able to do this in quite a long time. I think you used to be able to do it some years ago. Uh, and I believe the travel speed of the orb was specifically set to 651 so that you couldn't do it. Um, mm. But yeah. The other thing about this now, though, is that the audio cue for the spell, I believe, is pretty far off, right? Like it has this, like,
1: the oh, sound effect that
0: goes with the orb that travels. I don't think they changed the sound effect, if I'm not mistaken. So the last bit of the orb traveling out is just silence and i've always found it to be a really good tell for the spell the audio cue because that was really well designed was the way the sound was following the orb and it was it was it got disconnected when you got the orb travel distance talent at level whatever it was because then the last bit of the orb was silent as well but now it's all the time that it just doesn't to bring up.
1: in that sound designer probably on yeah. the contract probably not even good
0: I mean, it's it shouldn't be that difficult to fix, right? You drag out drag out the yeah. middle part of the sound a little bit longer and then it's gonna fix or all match right. again.
1: that is seven point three two b. yep, came out with that pretty damn fast after the original patch. So that's yep. good to see. obviously, it was likely expedited because of the qualifiers currently going on. Uh, all right. Next on the agenda, I was going to do this yesterday, but didn't fucking show up to the podcast. But as you guys know, I've been working on do? a custom game for almost a full year. Uh, it is called Ability Arena. I'm not going to talk about exactly what the game mode is. It's TLDR. It is Battle Royale, aka Auto Chess, combined with Ability Draft. Uh, we have an official release date that I'm announcing now. Let me find the exact time here.
0: Am I doing a drum roll here?
1: Uh sure, do a drum roll.
0: Drrr. So the
1: official Drrr. release date will be September 21st. Woo! And well, it depends on where you live actually cuz it might be 22nd if you're in Europe. And I'm not going to talk about specifics, but we're going to have a streamer tournament to start things out cinder and might be invited to that That's a invi- spoiler. i may be invited uh we have we're gonna have eight streamers i'll talk about it next week uh playing the game mode for a thousand dollars plus in-game rewards and after the five games we crown a winner and after the five games we release the mod to the public so this has been a labor of love i have been working on it constantly it very good map the map. Thank you, Cinderin. That's an old school uh, reference there with yeah, Go to One Custom Games. Uh, but yeah, this is extremely important to me. It has consumed the literal last year of my life. I've done more on this game than anything that I've done on any project, I think, pretty much. Yeah, uh, imagine
0: you put all that effort into Moonduck, huh? Where, where could we have been?
1: Well, I, I was going to say it's close to Captain's Draft, the tournament, the <laughs> no, minor that me and Nikki ran single handedly <laughs> up until yeah. the tournament started. That was a lot of work, uh, but this one was actually more because it's uh this is a full fucking year. Um, been averaging like, I don't know. It's hard to average the hours, but probably like thirty hours a week on average. Because some some weeks I do sixty hours, some weeks I do like ten. If we're doing like a lot. This is where
0: you need to whatever. be careful, Shannon. You need to preface it with something because people are like, "Wow, you're saying you put in so much time and effort, thirty hours a week." I work forty hours a week, but thirty hours a week. This wasn't the only on thing average. you were doing.
1: On top of other stuff that I'm doing, obviously. There you go. All right. I hate having to preface everything. I, you know? sa- I saved you one there. Thank oh. you. Yeah. You're welcome. Is that you know. me putting my foot in my mouth, or are people just fucking annoying? <laughs> what do you right. think? I think it's both, Rob. Right? <laughs> I think I guess. <laughs> Probably a bit of both. <laughs> yeah, September 21st at uh, around... The tournament will start at 21 CEST. So let's say three hours after that-ish. The game will be released. Okay. Uh, the long awaited review of Dragon's Blood. We've waited so long. I don't remember anything about the show, Cinderin. <laughs> Did you finish it?
0: Yeah. So you told me I have a deadline. And then I watched it for that deadline. And then you said, Jinx, there's a patch. And then the next week, Jinx, there's something else. So, you know, wow. it's uh, I mean, we it's been quite two, a while.
1: We, our last two episodes were like two hours each.
0: Yeah. I know we, we don't didn't have, have time, time for to it.
1: talk about it. Fucking I blood.
0: really liked season three. I think it was much better than the other two, which you thought were worse than what I did. I thought they were pretty good. Uh, you thought they were meh.
1: No, that's not and... true. Season one, I it... thought was okay. Season, right, two, season two, you thought it was, was one of the worst shows I've ever seen. It was fucking okay. like I wanted to stop watching, and I always watch to the end mm-hmm. almost. And I, the fact that I had to think about it means that I thought it was very bad. Season 3, low expectations because of Season 2, but I thought it was, it was good.
0: Yeah. I, I don't remember what ratings I gave the seasons or whatever, but matter. whatever I did, it's like two points higher for Season 3. Um, I thought it was really good. I think in classic Dragon's Blood fashion, there's still stuff that kind of goes really really fast and is unexplained or is implied, or you kind of need to fill in the gaps, which some people enjoy, some people don't. Mm. Um, I think, again, time constraints. Like the other two seasons, the show would have been better if it had more episodes or longer episodes. The episodes could have even been 50% longer, all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you could elaborate on stuff. Because there's pretty important stuff that happens that get literally 10 seconds in the show because they just need to move on, right? Like important characters meeting for the first time or some sort of key event that develops the plot a lot. Just like really quickly gets glossed over so you could do other shit. Which is kind of evident when you watch, like that it's a constraint and not something they wanted to be that way. I think, but uh, overall, the storylines in this show and the way it's portrayed and the character development, and also I would say they stepped it up on the animation. I don't know. That's something you complained about a lot, especially in season two. I think it was a little bit better in season one. I think they did a better job animating. some of the stuff where they were lazy in the past or, again, had budget limitations or whatever, where stuff was, like, stop motion. I feel like all of the key scenes in the show this time were really, you know, fully fledged out with nice animation. Okay, uh, well, we so can get in a little bit more All of the criticism, I think, got okay, better in
1: this. Let's say, okay, for people that have not watched it that care to watch in the future, this will have spoilers now, okay? And I'm gonna... Okay. If you want to mute the stream, this is the signal to unmute again, all right? Hands off... Or, what is this? This is, like, the... It's from Karate Kid. What if you're an
0: audio listener? How will you know?
1: Then you're fucked. Okay. If you're an audio listener, there are timestamps, so you don't have to worry about that. Okay. That's true. Spoiler alert for Dragon's Blood. Uh, Yes, wax on, wax off. Thank you. Uh, Spoiler alert the noses are still drawn in the same way. So that's automatically a point off. Just right off. Wait, are they still in season three? Yes,
0: they're fucking off. I didn't even. I stopped (laughs) noticing it entirely. I didn't even think about it.
1: Your brain. You know, you can put on. Glasses that mirror your view, so it's upside down, right? And over mm-hmm. time, you actually become accustomed to it and it just resets for you visually. So that's what's happening to you with these god awful noses. You just pretend they're not there because you hate them so much.
0: It's kind of funny now that you say it. When I meet people in real life now, they have noses like that. <laughs> they kind of, I see noses like that on everyone.
1: Okay, so I actually don't remember a lot. I was not memeing, I don't remember a lot, but. I think the reason that I like Season 3 is because they reset the timeline on everything. <laughs> it's like, let's just forget what happened before this. Uh, put everything back in this alternate universe where Invoker is trying to... He brought back his daughter and all that stuff. Which, you know, I like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they just, it felt like they reset everything that was god-awful about this show. That's probably why I enjoyed this one more. Um, were there any new characters? There had to have been, surely. Um, I'm sure chat can help us out I think still to this day though Caden is still my favorite character in the show I hope that he becomes a hero at some Uh, point there was the Oracle yeah the Oracle that's true and
0: Arc Warden right those are the two new ones I think oh yeah
1: so Invoker fought Arc Warden in space yeah yeah I I don't know
0: I, I feel like you can the thing about these two characters Oracle and Arc Warden is that they have so little screen time that you can like I mean, you can call them characters, but, like, barely, right? Like, they play, they play, that's the, that's another example, right? They play a really key part in the story getting to where it gets to, but they're really just a mechanic in the storytelling, they're a storytelling device, right? Mm. Oracle is on screen for a grand total, I don't know, 30 seconds, maybe? It and Mark Gordon is something similar, even though he appears, like, three or four times, the scenes are really short, mm. so... There's, there are small side characters, but, the side, but they're small side characters that play a huge role. So, again, in other movies or other shows, they would have got a bigger like proportional exposure in the show relative to how much they matter. But, yeah, they're just there.
1: Yeah, and a lot of focus sure still time. on some of the main characters that I still find a little boring, like Dragon Knight. Uh, Mirana is like a god, goddess. Yeah. I mean, she's a goddess, I guess, but she I thought her importance within the scope of the story was more grandeur than it is in Dota. Um,
0: yeah. And she kind of became the main character of the show, right? Over Dragon Knight, I season liked, 3.
1: Yes, that is true. And I liked so. Invoker's daughter. Like, we got to see the adult yeah. version and she was cool. Um Philomena Phil- was nice. Not Philomena. What's the... Femren? She Femrin. became Selimene? Or Mene, or whatever. <laughs> the fact that... Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a Valve problem with the lore. Selimene and Mene, two different beings but anyway uh yeah overall was pretty happy i guess i mean again i'm just looking at it from in its own vacuum it was fine obviously we're not going to compare it to arcane because there's not even remotely there's they're not even in the same stratosphere as each other uh and obviously we'd i wish there was a lot more like even if it was just side characters just like these cameos from dota heroes is in season two, I, I literally laughed out loud, and I said this in the, when we did a review, they showed Tiny, they showed Sanky, it was just pictures of them. I literally laughed out loud at how fucking stupid that was. And guess what? We never saw them again. Yeah,
0: they never <laughs> appeared again. I think yeah. Windrunner
1: was shown, I don't know if it was this season or last, but same, same deal. Uh, but I guess the, the twist of the show in the end was that Invoker got what he wanted, and... Mm was which was that he was the one imprisoned. I don't even remember how this came about. And then I mean it's all for
0: interpretation how the show ends really.
1: So well, I don't it, even I feel mean, like
0: it's that clear cut.
1: Eh, I think this one is relatively clear cut because his daughter lives in the end mm-hmm. when we don't think she's going to and Invoker smiles at the end when he's being uh chastised or whatever in that last scene. So I think that's pretty clear, but past that it is open for interpretation, I guess.
0: Yeah, you, you would think he's not imprisoned himself either, though, right? Like judging from everything he's pulled off.
1: Everything for probably... him is calculated. I think that's yeah. the moral of the story. Yeah. Uh, and they knew that and they took advantage of it. So I, I don't know if there's going to be another season. Obviously, it leaves it open for another one. Uh, yeah,
0: it definitely does. Or for a spinoff, right?
1: That would be interesting. A spinoff with. Can we get the studio that did Arcane? A spinoff with do Sand Dota? King
0: and Tiny, because they have been hinted.
1: How have they not shown Pudge? Why would Pudge if you're gonna do any hero that's just <laughs> a literal picture,
0: just do Pudge? The two then. most played heroes, Pudge and PA, don't appear at any point in the Dota show.
1: Yeah, they obviously that's did not funny. look at the Dota Buff stats on these
0: heroes. I wonder what shows. the most played league champions are, though. I mean, maybe some of their most played characters don't appear in Arcane either. Have they show quite a lot of their champions in the show, but they also have a shitload. So there's a yeah. lot of and their characters that don't see the light. After of
1: day I though. watched Arcane, obviously I knew zero of the characters ahead of time. There was that one dark character, uh, the villain, who I was sure was a champion, but apparently he oh, wasn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they ended up putting yeah. him as a champion in TFT, and I don't know if he made it to League or not. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's kind of cool cross-promotion, uh, which we can't yeah. do because uh, Artifact and Underlords are dead, sadly. Um, Yeah. Rest in peace. Okay.
0: An attempt was made.
1: All right. So that is our review of Dragon's Blood. Wax off, everybody. It was okay. It was fine.
0: Uh, Okay. So if you were not listening to spoilers, I guess our overall verdict is, Shannon, the show was not amazing. But if all you're going by is that you've heard from your friends or read online that season one and two were terrible... The payoff is quite a bit better in the end than what you would expect. So, if you stop watching, say, in season I would say two, overall, if you're a fan of Dota, I think you should watch the show. Uh, recommending it to people that have nothing to do with Dota, there's probably better stuff to watch, right? I think that's pretty fair.
1: I mean, you can recommend it there's anyway. No. Why not?
0: yeah it's just like it's hard to recommend this over a lot of other shows that are better right and a big part of the reason we enjoy it is that we like dota right yeah if you have absolutely nothing to do with dota a lot of the things where we can bridge the gaps because we know something about the lore or something about how the characters work watching this show blind as someone that doesn't know dota i think is really difficult actually for a lot of people um so we kind of are Just in an advantageous position to enjoy the show there. I
1: would Uh, I would say though if you watch season two, or if you couldn't get through it because it was so bad, season three is better. Yeah, it's up to you if you want to if you want to stomach the rest of season two or not. That's up to you. Uh, But yeah, that's our review. Okay, final topic of this evening is Grubby. Oh, so Grubby is a. Warcraft 3 professional player has been playing Warcraft 3 for many years. Starcraft 2, Yeah, Starcraft II, of the games, Storm. But he's most known for Warcraft 3. Yeah, he was and a legend of He has game. started to, I mean, this isn't that recent, I guess. The last, it's been maybe a couple months now, maybe. He started to play Dota on stream. And it's fascinating to watch, actually, for a variety of reasons for me. And I don't know if you've gotten to watch him at All Syndrome, but.
0: Uh, very little.
1: I rarely... But... Okay, so I, I'm i just going to tell you my point of view. I rarely watch Dota streams. Sometimes I'll have it on the background. Uh, but normally if I'm actively watching a stream, it'll be another game, honestly, because too much mm-hmm. of Dota is just going to get me sick of the game. Uh, I've been watching him, and I it's been hours a day that I just have it on. Sometimes it's in the background while I work. Sometimes I'm actively watching it. It's so fascinating num- for, again, a number of reasons. Number one... He's a very analytical mind, right? Like, he's coming from Warcraft 3, so he has some of this background with, like, micro and uh, some of the mechanics that carried over. But in terms of, like, learning the heroes, it is completely brand new. And watching him, he's doing the A to Z challenge, so watching him go through each hero, learning about what they do, trying to, you know, figure it out in his own mind is extremely interesting to me. And it's given me, like, just watching it, this sounds weird to say because... Like the last year, this is no secret, I've played a lot less Dota, I just have found it not that enjoyable to play. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching it or casting it is a different story, I think, like, because that's on such a high level that there's always going to be something cool. But playing it, right. not so much. This has actually given me a new lease on life for playing Dota right now. It's given me a lot more passion to try things out. Sometimes I see him you know, try something new and I'm, it reminds me of that hero or another hero that is similar or some mechanic. I'm like, oh, I actually do want to try this after all. Uh, And obviously the patch does help to freshen things up. So that's the first thing is just seeing him go through this thing that I went through literally 15 years ago. Right? Obviously Mm -hmm. with each patch and each new hero, you have to relearn stuff. But it feels like you're packing on top of old knowledge as opposed to starting from the ground up, which he is. And that makes me really jealous, actually, that he gets to do that (laughs) because that is so cool. And the other thing that makes it really enjoyable, because obviously there's a lot of new players that have streamed the game, and I don't watch them, so what's the difference? He is such a positive influence. Like he has such a positive aura about him. That it's just much more enjoyable to watch. Like his chat can sometimes get uh, very fucking cringy. By the way, if you guys are part of the <laughs> chat here, wow, it's that very is unbelievable, very fucking no cringy with the back seating, even though you know that he's new. He brushes it off for the most part, very positive. Like I don't know how he does it, and maybe over time he's gonna get <laughs> influenced in a negative way, perhaps. But like the, the chatters make me sick. Just let him is play, it? let him figure it out on his own. But either way, he comes out with a positive spin on everything, which I think is mm-hmm. just such a breath of fresh air. Uh, so I would highly, I'm gonna put the link of his Twitch stream in the description of the video, but I highly recommend you guys watch it because it has been extremely nice for me
0: and I think you need to get in and watch the stream now while he's still positive because (laughs) he's it's going to be draining his life force as it has for all of us he will be positive for the first few hundred hours and then eventually chat the pressure of the game, the more you understand it, it's going to slowly but steadily whittle you down and grind you into dust until there's nothing left but pressing the Q button over and over again, hoping to gain MMR, feeling like you're stuck and you're never moving. And that is just, you know, what you wake up for. So, you know, make sure you enjoy it with him <laughs> while, it's, while he's innocent and having fun. Uh, this is, like you said, something to be jealous of and envious of. Um, so get get it get in get in on it while it's hot, you know.
1: Yeah. So he, like I said, he's been doing A to Z challenge. He doesn't have to win on the hero; he just needs to play it. I think it's the right move because some heroes are gonna be pretty damn hard. Uh, I think the last I checked, he had just done Invoker, maybe a couple heroes past that now. Yeah. So, so he's, he's about pretty deep, close in. to halfway, I guess. Yeah, pretty damn deep in, and looking forward to seeing what. I mean, the fact is, Invoker he it was a three hour portion of his stream dedicated to invoker like imagine seeing this hero for the first time and wait not so he streamed it three
0: hours and played one
1: game so he three hours he read all the skills and tried it out in demo mode looked at the guides and then played a bot game because he didn't want to grief the game and then okay. played a real game and actually played better than i would on invoker honestly uh so it's impressive like obviously there's a lot of stuff he doesn't know i think the biggest thing that people like the backseaters don't understand is if you're playing hmm. a new game that's obviously you know you're going to learn slowly and he has a little bit of a leg up because of the wc3 background and whatnot but and playing heroes end, of the storm right and <clears throat> heroes of the Storm. but Sorry. playing a new hero each game yeah it is so disorienting playing a new hero that you've never played before and then going against a bunch of heroes that you don't know what they do and how they counter you so sometimes you just have to just play your hero and forget about what is happening around you which can obviously lead to a lot of mistakes but Uh, It it can be disorienting for sure. Um, But again, it's I I don't think we've ever talked about another streamer like this before. I have really enjoyed watching him, and it's uh, inspired me to play a little bit more Dota these days.
0: And I think one more thing about his stream that I think is really valuable and relevant is that it gives a lot more people insight into the new player experience. Because people have... <clears throat> their presupposed ideas of it based on what they've read on Reddit or what they've heard or whatnot, um, it's right there on screen. So you can see what's good and you can see the flaws. Uh, it's, it's right there for everybody to see based on how his games go, like mm. how many Smurfs is he meeting, how many people are on his level, uh, and also, like you said, the perspective of a new player. He is going to be better than 99.9% of new players that pick up the game. So... That will be a little bit misleading. So take that with a grain of salt. It's not like you tell your friend to play and they're going to do like grubby, because they're not. They're not going to sit and test the hero in demo mode for an hour to then play a bot game. They won't do that. They don't have the patience. They don't care. And it's not worth it for them. For him, it's worth it. It's a streaming thing. Uh, people are loving it. He's getting a lot of new fans, and obviously uh, well-deserved for what he does. Um, so he's in the position that he can play like that. Um, But it's interesting because whenever you go like this, it's usually the negative mouths that yell the loudest, right? So if you go on Reddit, you're going to hear all these negative things about new player experience and whatnot. It doesn't seem like it's dissuaded him or that his games are just flat out terrible and he gets smurfed on every game. So Mm -hmm. then I think he would have lost motivation if it felt like every game he played for 50 games, there's like one or two players that just shit stomp everyone over and over and over again, which is when you read it, Is what you think might be what's happening, because those are the stories you hear. And you don't hear all the people that start playing Dota where they're just having a good time. So hopefully the new player experience isn't as terrible as you know a lot of people suggest it to be.
1: I don't know if it's too early for this to have happened, but obviously we have no inside information on this at all. But I hope that Grubby is involved in in TI in some capacity. I have no idea what he would want to do or even be capable of doing, but Yeah, that's the thing. In some fashion, being involved would be really cool. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. From a
0: broadcasting perspective, the primary role you can do as a, as a person who hasn't played the game very much is hosting. And I just don't think he has any experience in hosting a show. Uh, I, I might just be oblivious there. Maybe he has hosted something before, like podcasts or whatever. I don't know, but I don't think he has hosted, uh, events. I think maybe he's been on panels before, but the problem is if you want to cast the game or be a panelist at this level, he does not have time to get good enough. That's just the reality mm-hmm. of it. Like, it takes a lot of hours to be comfortable and knowledgeable enough to do any of those roles. Um, so, the, like you said, the question is, like, I would also love to see him involved in some capacity. I think it's really good for the game, and he's a very likable dude, so it would be I mean, great. I think we just but need, I, don't, I don't know realistically what he can do for TI this year. We need it's more just, positive like,
1: people, like Lyrical, Trent, Grubby, to balance out me. Just those three alone balance me out. But the more, the merrier, Cinderin. So
0: Chad right now is saying he was a panelist in Heroes of the Storm. And I actually remember this now that I read it. Uh, but he was an expert, right? He was an analyst. And he can't do that role in Dota. So he, he, like you said, he's a likable and he's a, he's a joyful guy. I don't know if you would put him on panel in like more of a fluff role where he's, you know, like the, a bit of a bridge for newcomers and a, kind of just a, a lighthearted person. If that makes sense, because I feel like Dota in for that role, we already have panelists that do that and are also more knowledgeable about the game, so they can maybe like ask you know better questions or have more nuance. Uh, yeah, and great does, example it, of that would be Pyrrhon Flax, right? It Who is unfortunate that does a great job at that. On there's panels, no so.
1: noob stream anymore, right? That would yeah, have yeah, been if there a was
0: that, he would be perfect for that, absolutely, uh, because I'm sure he would ask like really good beginner questions. But I'm a little bit worried that a lot of the audience, if you put in a person like that on a panel and it becomes a, a primary thing that they will feel like it's a little bit, how to say, it gets too banal, maybe? Mm. You need to find the right balance. Um, but well. above all else, like, let's, say, let's, say it's, let's say he wants to do TI, but he's not ready this year. If he, if he loves Dota and he keeps playing it and he keeps streaming it, he would definitely be ready for next year. It, at the rate he's improving and learning, he could do something next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, but maybe it's a little too soon now.
1: I would love to have him on the podcast too. Actually, he'd be a really good guest because we don't really get people. People suggesting you are... play All Star. Yeah, that's true. He could play All Star. Like that could be a thing, maybe. Of course, that's, that's fun. That's a little less prestigious than being on our show, of course.
0: That's uh, true. Yeah, we we would love him on the podcast. Absolutely.
1: I think having people that are like we've been wanting to p- get people that are outside of Dota a little bit more often. But it's kind of hard to schedule and work it out. But this is actually a perfect meld. So I think I'll DM him in the next week or so. If we can set something up.
0: And if he says no, I will DM him. So he
1: says yes. Okay, so yeah. Just let me know what it does. Is it because you're European as well? Scandinavian? No,
0: it's because I, I'm a people's person, you know.
1: You're a people person. Is that what you just said? <laughs> That's what you just said. All right. I don't think either of us are to be honest. We're on both ends of the spectrum, but still not meeting in the, the area that is needed to which make spectrum? good friends. Many spectrums, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a lot of problems, as we discussed at the beginning of the episode with sleep alone. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's uh, episode of We Say Things. We appreciate you. Uh, be sure to catch our casting, uh, which yes. I'll be getting six hours of sleep tonight, so that's a little bit better. Cinder, thank you. Wonderful. Uh, yeah, we'll Good. be for the next like four days or something like that for the TI Quals. And until next time, it, and Cinder Center signing out. Peace. Peace! Oh, wait, I didn't shit. All right, I got to do it manually. You didn't shit? I didn't shit. Uh, all right, bye. We say Subscribe to Grubby. Thanks for listening.